1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roto-Roll Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, joined today by Kyle DeVorci, Danny Carter. I'm going to go through the latest news. You may say there is no news right now since it's June 29th, and you would kind of be correct, but there is there's stuff to talk about. Tim Patrick is being hyped, as he is every offseason. Traylon Burks is being hyped. Dalvin Cook received a contract offer from the Dolphins. Devontae Parker received a contract extension from the Patriots. With my note, says, just why? And the Jets talking up Izzy Abana but first, Denny, um, the yeah. NFL is a problem. It's one of the most powerful sporting organizations on planet Earth, with a very popular Max television show, Hard Knocks, and um, been on the air for years and years and years. But they can't get anyone to do it because all the yeah. teams hate it, and the show has gotten horribly boring. <laughs> Needs to just go away, to be honest, because it's so formulaic. It it is boring. Thank you. It's boring and horrible. It's just it's played out. But the Jets, uh, Denny, why might the Jets now? You read something about why the New York Football Jets don't want to do the show. Well,
2: you know, they have a they have a new quarterback. I You know, I don't know if you guys have kept track of this. You guys heard of this guy, Aaron (laughs) Rodgers? I
1: have not, actually.
2: So he yeah. And uh, there seems to be some hesitancy either on Rodgers part or the Jets part. Or both to say yes. Uh, HBO cameras can come into our training camp and film our mer- mercurial is Merc- the word mercurial? I would
1: use. Uh, mercurial,
2: uh is definitely a word that I've used before, as you can see. <laughs> and and uh, our mercurial quarterback uh, and 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 you know tape everything he says and does with his new teammates over you know two three weeks span whatever it is. And there seems ju- there just seems to be some hesitancy, and I get it. I get it. Like people can end up looking pretty bad in these hard knocks clips. Uh I believe
1: what you're really looking for beyond pretty bad is quote, real dumb.
2: Really, yes. Uh bad, dumb other negative attributes. Uh hardly ever, hardly ever positive, except if you're the guy who works his butt off and then gets cut at the last minute. <laughs>
1: That's the uh, one, yeah. The ever hopeful trope of hard knocks, sir. Yeah, and this, this guy's gonna make it. And if two weeks later, yeah, for <laughs> where he's reading the clipboard, and first it, cut is uh, inspirational linebacker guy, right. uh,
2: uh, yeah. And the, listen, buddy, the reason we're cutting you is because you're bad. You no, know, no, you're you're it's really, always because <laughs> there's just so much bad. more to
1: life than football. <laughs> and uh,
2: but so we so want much, you to know we like you as a person professionally it's it's actually a nightmare we can't uh, get you out of here fast enough it's, it's horrible but uh yeah who, and who and, we and had
0: on hard knocks recently what are the i remember browns a few years ago lions on dan campbell season one like the first i of think dan lions Campbell's were season?
1: last year apparently oh. or no maybe it was season one it was last year the, the dan Chips. campbell experience yeah it was last year uh,
0: the, the cardinals had something going on but i don't know if they were like a weird amazon it special in the, the middle of the season thing. yeah
1: yeah amazon mm-hmm. colon the cliff years um right. i don't know yeah i can't
2: really good sign for hard knocks <laughs> the three <laughs> industry three. football professionals yeah,
1: yeah. can't remember who the team was last
2: year well I, people shamed me for a long time oh did you see hard knocks did you see hard knocks and i'm like you know i watched the first two or three seasons so i know everything that happens like there's nothing yeah, yeah. it was cowboys. the
1: lions last year as the cowboys two years ago and I mean, it is funny, like HBO, kidding aside, is has super high production values and Hard Knocks has always had super high production values. There's just no way to reinvent the show. There's like no way to like come up with new tropes after like 20 years of Hard Knocks. Where this well, is, they, I they've think got they've got all found the a way covered.
0: get the weirdest, most uh, mercurial, as some people have called him, yeah. quarterback in the league on the show. Like you do the Lions and like Jericho seems like a very normal nice guy like Dan Campbell, a likable guy, but like not one who's like prone to conflict or something. Right. You need conflict for the show to be interesting. Let me tell you who loves conflict, buddy. Mm. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. So and this is their effort to really spark some life back into the show.
1: There's a scene with Aaron Rodgers in the new season of Hard Knocks, by the way, where they're just sitting in the quarterback's room and he leans back, like puts his hands behind his head and just tells everyone that Indiana Jones and in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls was a documentary. Yeah. And, like, and the media
2: won't tell you that.
1: They all start laughing at first because you know they think he's making a joke. And he said, No, nah, I'm serious. Like uh, it was a real listen, movie.
2: I, I, I hope that the Jets give the green light for for hard knocks to come in because honestly, I want to see RFK Jr. at Jets mini oh, minicamp talking with Aaron Rodgers. This is something I need to see. Do Do they
0: do teams have the op like I don't think they're allowed to opt out of it? Like they can lobby against it, but I'm not sure like they have I, I don't think they get to override it, right? There's
1: well, there's like five teams that can't. There's some criteria every year. Like if they were last the previous year, haven't been on in the past like three years or something. Okay. All right. So they it's do. like
0: the it's like the rule in baseball. I just found out where like small market teams just can't have good picks in back to back years or something.
1: Yeah, I, I, I actually have barely been following that too. Um, where they, they're trying to guard against the small market teams just tanking and year after year vacuuming up the top three picks. Right. Wow. Uh, anyways, football news. NFL Network's James Palmer reports multiple people in the Broncos building believe Tim Patrick is, quote, the best football player in the team's wide receiver room. This is friend of the show, James Palmer, who our producer, Adam, reminded me last year he came on and it was a different coaching staff and they were raving about Tim Patrick. Uh, previous coaching staff, even before Nathaniel Hackett loved Tim Patrick's, they gave him a contract extension. He's like one of the like coaching staff favorites in the entire league. I've seen chatter that they're going to like love his blocking that Sean Payton is. They might love his like mismatch potential out of the slot as a big guy, but it's just like, are we, we're not actually going to be betting on Tim Patrick in this Broncos receiver core. And it's like, who are we betting on in this Broncos receiver core beyond Jerry Judy? I mean, yeah, I kind of agree that like, you're not, this is good for Tim Patrick. It's good
0: that he got the bag before he uh, got injured. Like I think there's some hope for him uh, to be a contributor, but it's hard to even really muster excitement in like 18 and 20 round best ball drafts. He could provide the occasional spike week, but it's it's hard to see a scenario in which Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy aren't fixtures of the offense playing nearly every snap. And then with the draft capital I spent on Marvin Mims, I'm not really sure where that leaves Tim Patrick. I think the more precise or appropriate action this news would be maybe we can i've been really excited to get marvin mims i thought he was a really good prospect i think it's fair to say if multiple coaching staffs clearly like tim patrick the front office gave him a really strong contract and he's been productive he had back-to-back seasons of 50 catches 700 some yards like all that being constant it's probably going to be hard for marvin mims to be a fantasy relevant player to start the year as much as i want to be excited about him he sort of almost starts to teeter back into the Tim Patrick zone of like, I get the role he's going to have, but you're not going to find him on a single redraft roster. You'll just be looking for deep dynasty bets.
1: I will say Marvin Mims is the only one of these four receivers actually drafted by this. Well, not quite the full new regime, but drafted since Sean Payton was hired and he he seems to fit to a T like field stretching role. Sean Payton has always loved to have like, like the Ted Ginn role, so to speak. (laughs) Is pretty good draft capital in the second round. And part of me wonders if like one of the crazy things that could happen in 2023, Denny, would be Marvin Mims outproducing Cortland Sutton. But is that just, is that yeah. insane? Is that like classic June 29th? Thought?
2: <laughs> it, 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 that is classic. We're going to have to put that on a reel of other June 29th uh, predictions that have gone uh, horribly awry. But uh, I'm, I'm taking any. Broncos receiver over cortland Sutton that that's that's my approach to this uh receiver group it, it's it's just not it's just not happening i mean Sean Payton has said like you know my guy cortland's got to get back to his 2019 form okay <laughs> so we're not talking about like 2021 form we're talking about four years ago that's the form he needs to get back to he he suffered a catastrophic knee injury obviously in 2020 he's not been the same. Uh I, I, I think it's it's shaping up where we can reasonably predict that the pecking order, pass catching peck, pecking order, at least for the receivers. I don't know about Greg Dulcich where he fits in here yet, but you have Judy and 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 then Tim Patrick, and then everybody else. Like I, I could see I could see Tim Patrick emerging as like the clear wide receiver too in this offense. How much fantasy juice that will offer? I I don't know. I I, I doubt that it'll offer a ton because I'm guessing this will be a very balanced, if not even a slightly conservative offense, where they're going to make Russell Wilson, make sure he's a game manager instead of letting him cook, which has gone disastrously bad the last couple of years. So uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Patrick will be fine. I'm with Kyle. Like if you're in best ball, I guess like maybe like a, le- a very, very late round flyer and redraft, man. He's just, he's not going to be drafted, but he could have some use later on. Cortland Sutton is the
1: one guy in the receiver core just with basically no off-season storylines or narrative whatsoever where Jerry Judy, it seems like they're warming up to in fantasy. Everyone's kind of remembering that he was like really efficient last year, even with Russell Wilson being horrible. He was amongst the league leaders in yards per outrun and of course compiled uh, had the best season of his career where Tim Patrick does keep getting media steam. Marvin Mims, of course, had fantasy community steam and then I mean, second round draft capital—that is not something you ignore. Like Sutton, like you said, if they can get back to his form from before the global pandemic,
2: um, that would be really good. <laughs> and you know, it's—it was—it was a while ago, if I—if I remember correctly. And—and and, uh, he's—we're uh, hearing now through sources he's not getting any younger.
1: No, he's not. I mean, Kyle, is there any hope of a sudden, like, return to wide receiver three relevancy? Like, I mean, he was a very good player. He seemed like the kind of guy that any quarterback could have success with before he got hurt, And yeah, but just has not been the same since the injury.
0: Yeah, I, I think that was the thing that concerned me. I really – I thought it was 2020 that was, like, his most recent, like, really good season. Then you look back, and like you said, it's actually been one more year since then. Like, I know he graded somewhat well in 538's metrics last year. He was still able to get open – like I think he's still a good route runner and still shifty. I'm not sure if he has like the speed or burst he came into the league with. I mean the fact that Which the is team a is a problem
1: because he was never like that guy. Like yeah. he was someone who he was already yeah. operating from a low, like burst baseline.
0: I think the the sort of positive outcome for him is he's like Adam Thielen Plus at this point in his career, where he's still like a really sharp player in terms of his ability to like run routes. It's just you're not going to get as many explosive plays. And yeah, at his price right now, not really sure. I'm too into that. And just the complete, uh, like, unknown of Tim Patrick coming back. Sutton hasn't been himself in a while. And Marvin Mims, like, when we don't know, my inclination is that people are overvaluing, like, slight edges. Uh, sure, I would pick Cortland Sutton in a complete vacuum if price wasn't an, a factor at all among the non Judy guys. But am I as confident as the rest of fantasy drafters are that he's going to beat out Marvin Mims in terms of efficiency and targets? Mims was like an elite college prospect, frankly, on a yards per route run basis. It's one of the best prospects in recent years. Like early breakout, productive three years, and goes goes off to the NFL. That's like all the boxes checked. I'm not as confident as the rest of your as the rest of your home league is going to be that Mims isn't the number two.
1: By the way, with the rest of the Broncos, one of you mentioned Greg Dulcich earlier, not to name drop, but I went on ship chasing Wednesday night with Patrick yeah. Crane and Peter Oversett. Denny was invited. I had, uh, I had some, some, you
2: know, family duties.
1: Yeah. And I actually did too. And I uh, asked.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't so. <laughs> yes,
1: I had to skip mine, but we were talking about the Greg Dulcich comments, you know, that everyone has kind of seized on, including us. we he, Sean Payton called Greg Dulcich, quote, a tough evaluation. And then basically said like really ominous stuff about him. But then like a month later it was much more positive. Crane's theory is that he just literally had no idea who Greg Dulcich was.
0: Yeah, I totally <laughs> buy this. I
2: 100% <laughs> buy this. We really need to come to terms with the fact that NFL coaches don't really know anyone outside of their teams. Um, and, and I say this as Andy Reid recently had no idea who Jordan Love was. Who started no a game against him at his home school. <laughs> and he had no and the reporter had to prompt him, Stanford. Uh no, sorry. Uh he he's been backing up Aaron Rodgers. Uh okay. That sort of rings a bell. I mean these these coaches, I'll I, we'll get on to the next topic, but these coaches don't know. They just don't know.
1: They do not know. I had a closing thought there.
2: Oh yeah, Crane too <laughs> mentioned how he
1: found out he was going on this podcast next month from this podcast. He was listening last week when oh, yeah. I revealed to the world he'd be coming on. And uh, he, I, we had not asked him yet, but uh, we knew he was. I, we, I, had give, I had tipped him to the idea of it maybe
0: making a return in like May.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, I gave a little out,
0: foreshadowing many months ago.
1: He found out from the podcast he'll be here to draft a team sometime in, in the month of July. ESPN's Turin Davenport reports Traylon Burks is, quote, playing at a different speed in offseason workouts and practices. Guys, Traylon Burks would clearly have, like, a lot of breakout love in a different offense, and he still has some breakout love in this offense. But underdog, what, he's going, like, barely as a wide receiver three. I think he is the wide receiver 36 right now. For a guy we were so excited about last year, a guy who posted pretty good numbers through a lot of adversity last year, is now drawing coaching staff hype and praise. I mean, is Ryan Tannehill back under center? Are we like way too low on Traylon Burks, a guy we loved coming into the draft? Again, it has the first round draft capital, and it was pretty positive rookie year. We too low at wide receiver thirty six on Traylon Burks. Um, Denny Carter.
2: I don't know if it's. I don't know if that's too low. I mean, I, I'm comfortable with that ADP. Uh, in fact, I find myself maybe maybe reaching a little bit uh, beyond that. You no, know, maybe a wide receiver 30, 32 range, but. Uh, yeah. So the, the, there have been reports the the one by Davenport said that, uh, another, he's reached another speed. He's playing at another speed. There's another one that said he's noticeably lighter. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that addresses something key from last off season, which was his asthma, his physical conditioning. I don't, you know, I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I know that he, he struggled with the asthma,
1: uh, um, I say is someone who has asthma.
2: Yeah. Right. And and so the yeah. And Mike Vareb will finally let him have his albuterol. And we we commend him for that. Uh, well, so.
1: The asthmatics of America find these comments very offensive. Yeah, I will say, get Burks inside. Do you know how bad the air quality is right I now? I know. His asthma's got to be killing him. <laughs> I actually had a friend who could barely get out of Tennessee today because of the air quality.
2: Um, well, this is this is why every team, another reason every team needs to build a dome, because oh, the, future, here with this. the future is not one where we're going to be playing sports outside. Sorry, folks. On, the Titans
1: are building a dome, by the way. They
2: are? Yeah, really? They actually oh, are. Oh, good, good. Retractable. Every, team, every team needs one.
1: Retractable. That's so they can host
2: a 100. Why would you ever
0: Don't let that sun inside. The pollen? No. Like, ugh
2: no sun no wind no nothing just give me the dome uh anyway uh traylon burks i think is is interesting as a as a potential target dominator uh in the tennessee offense uh without much you know much target competition and and these reports have been really good last year at this time the reports were really bad They they were
1: universally negative kyle when i say traylon burks wide receiver 36 what do you think
0: I have him slightly ahead of that in my best ball ranks. I'm not going like over my skis because I think there's like some, I mean, there's clearly risk with like Will Levis showing up and the offense gets significantly worse, even like, even on I think what is a minute chance that he makes it better it probably will be with like creativity and rushing and that won't result in like more passing output necessarily. And I think that's a pretty slim chance given the like spotty profile he came in with. And the fact that like Ryan Tannehill has been above average, like elite efficiency in every year in Tennessee, it has slowly trickled down. I think his weapon, like his weapons getting worse and defense is getting to adjust to that style of play that he has, has partially been a, a reason for the ding in his efficiency, but he was not even bad last year. So, I mean, I'm pretty excited outside of like that sort of small end chance. And I don't I don't think we see it, frankly, because it's a really well-coached team in a division that I still find to be rather weak. And they got like the, the first percentile outcome at quarterback last year, which is Tannehill gets hurt, but then they turn out to have really just unplayable non-NFL caliber backups. They were still in the playoff hunt until the final week of the season. So I think we get the full suite of 16, you know, fantasy relevant games of Ryan Tannehill. And as you guys said, like, does does anyone know the third and fourth receiver for this team? Actually, no. can anyone
1: name even the second? I can name you all three, but I think the second uh, is the man they call N.W.I. Um, is he still on the team? <laughs> I think so, but I had a different one in mind for a second. Actually. Nick Westbrook Akinje is who I am talking about,
2: and and, and they have a uh, Racy McMath.
1: Oh, we all know about Mr. Kyle Phillips, who might be their number one, actually. Um, (laughs)
0: Kyle Phillips was my thought for uh, number two, actually, but it could be NWI. uh, And I think Chris Moore is their last guy. Like, we have to really mind meld to round out their top four guys. Like, who should all see snaps, but, like, they will not be earning targets on those snaps. Uh, I mean, like, maybe we get some sort of breakout from Kyle Phillips, like, Chigakonko is super efficient but he's not like a target dominator i think this is a very reasonable spot to be like this guy could could really be like top five and and target share weighted opportunity yeah. even if it's an offense we're not super excited about like i said i think the efficiency as a passing team has been
1: and should continue to be there trelland just looks like he looks like a tear jumper to me why why does he have 36? like that it just strikes me as very very bearish but i understand where the bearishness is coming from but like an overreaction yeah um, Someone, I think NFL Network has reported that the Dolphins have offered Dalvin Cook a contract. He has not signed the contract. The Dolphins actually have thirteen million dollars in coach in cap space, so they probably could make a Dalvin Cook contract happen. I mean, what are our thoughts on this? Other than it would probably be very bad for players that we like a lot, namely Devin. Yeah,
2: I, I'm I'm so unexcited about this. I mean, on, on, on multiple levels. One, you know, Dalvin Cook has fallen off tremendously in every measure. Uh, over the past two seasons, especially last year, uh, the Dolphins are certainly the kind of team, and Mike McDaniel is the sort of coach who's not going to sign Dalvin Cook and then say, "Oh yeah, yeah, he's our workhorse, he's our three-down back." He's going to rotate. He's going to rotate with Jeff Wilson, with Moster, with A-Chang, with A- with the guy they sign off the street on September first. I mean, it's it's going to happen. So there's, you know, Dolphins fans. I don't think should be excited about this at all, and certainly fantasy managers because this spoils this this definitely spoils an otherwise you know pretty enticing backfield if you can get it right i think there is some value to be had here spoils the dolphin
1: yeah spoils the dolphins backfield and just wouldn't be if we're hoping for more fantasy relevant players it would not be a good landing spot for dalvin cook himself
0: what is there, your take, kyle yeah i mean I think it would work out efficiency wise for him and at this point in his career like let probably do what he wants. I'm not sure he, like, you know, given his, like, severe injury history, which, like, supposedly is what hampered him last year, even though it wasn't costing him swaths of games, and it's something the shoulder issue that's, like, been nagging him for years, supposedly, you know. uh, That's probably what he wants is, like, 200 carries and try and, like, climb back to, like, one of the more efficient running backs in the league. Can that happen at this point in his career? I'm not sure. I think Miami would be the spot to do it that way. Uh, But, you know, I- I'm even kind of dubious of – of this claim that they made him an offer because he's been on the record talking about specifically calling out Miami, saying their rushing scheme would work really well for him, he'd be a good fit there. They offered him a contract and he doesn't sign. So it must just be like
1: all incentive based and that kind of thing. Yeah, I was gonna say
0: either they just low, either they lowballed him, in which case, like he didn't take it. I'm not really then I don't think this is much of news, or I could also just see this being a part of his agent being like, uh oh, t- Everyone wants Dalvin Cook. You guys, you got to make offers. Get your offers in. Hurry, hurry. <laughs> but, like, I don't think this moves the needle for me on picking his landing spot out
1: much. He just seems like someone who needs to wait to training camp and for yep. someone to get injured or a coaching staff to be like, oh, yep, never mind. We need a better running back.
0: Javante like or Brees or. aren't coming along as expected. He could land in either of those spots very reasonably.
1: Man, he should just go to Denver immediately. Um, no offense yes. to Hunter Williams, but... He should go to Denver immediately. I'm scrolling through the teams. I mean, Dallas looms as a fear and a concern for our our magazine cover guy, Tony Pollard, Uh, Tampa Bay bucks. If he's like truly desperate, but I don't really know what the motivation on their end for that would be. Yeah. Um, I could see the Panthers getting weird. Like they, they just like need more talent. Uh, The rookie quarterback would maybe help the evaluation. You know, the Falcons, they're always looking for more running backs. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: I think the Bengals, if they can't the come Bengals, to a resolution with yes. Mixon, are like a Fournette, Hunt, and Dalvin, depending on how much of, of like a, a pay cut mm. relative to Mixon he'd be willing to take. But that all is kind of contingent on what they do with Mixon. And it's been reported that like Mixon just has to take a pay cut. Like That's what uh, the athletic was was kind of purporting. I'm not saying they're saying it's fact, but it's the direction it's heading. Is that he just kind of needs to get less money because otherwise they feel the money is spent better elsewhere. So
2: see that that's interesting. Dalvin Cook in Cincinnati, at least from a usage standpoint, like the, if they use him like Mixon, then he'll get everything. He'll get yeah. he'll get the green zone stuff, he'll get the the most of the targets out of the backfield. So I I would be much more interested. The Dolphins man is just a nightmare scenario fantasy-wise.
1: Dalvin's efficiency has declined, but even like a declined Dalvin Cook efficiency is probably more efficient than what Joe Mixon usually does, at least yeah, on the ground. Maybe yeah, not Dalvin. as a receiver. The Dolphins could really boost his efficiency, I'll say, and they have to decide basically how much they still like Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. Because we know Devin A. Shane's going to have a role after the. Draft. They gave draft. both
0: of them two-year contracts with like right. a million or so guaranteed, and they can both play special teams, like to the degree that you can like what may ultimately be your second and third string running backs. Like I do think they like them.
1: So it'll be interesting. Very, very interesting is the new England Patriots for some unknown reason, signing Devonte Parker to a contract extension. And this might just be like some sort of weird salary cap sorcery. I don't understand, but this is, I don't know if I've ever seen a more like just why move like who was clamoring for this? Like who and anyone on planet earth thought this was necessary to extend Devontae Parker. As I see Denny getting ready to be incredulous, but they supposedly are still in the running for Deandre Hopkins, but it seems very hard to believe after giving Devontae Parker a new contract.
2: I, 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 I do feel like in my gut, I feel like this is Bill Belichick saying, you want me to sign DeAndre Hopkins? I'm going to award a massive extension to a guy who, you know, it com- just comes out of nowhere and, and claims the the extension. Are you triggered? Are you triggered, folks? And and that's and that's yes, sort of, I am, uh, I am, yeah. I mean, yes, I, mean I, I actually felt bad for the first time in my life. I felt bad for Patriots fans yesterday because <laughs> I. I I do, I do think – I know. I mean, look, I think that they, they're starting to finally, finally come to terms with latter-day Bill Belichick just not being a good roster builder. Oh, man. He's not. He's really, really bad at it. And Every he time he had, does something, people
1: get in my mentions like are complaining about how high I still had him in the GM rankings, but I think it was like eighth or ninth in
2: this listen, year. I, to, he had Tom Brady to, to save him for a long time. Doesn't have it anymore. Doesn't have him. He has Mac Jones. I don't think. I don't think Mac Jones is Tom Brady. This is what. This is my bold take for the day. Uh, and and I I think that this Parker signing is 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 just sort of a confirmation that like the he's you know uh, the league has passed him by is what I'm saying. We've gotten that confirmation like a few times in the past few years too.
1: No, no way. I mean, Matt Patricia. Right, you got to do some editing that article. Get him in, Patricia, you See this move? You get him down to twelve. Matt Patricia just wasn't given a fair shot. Oh, <laughs> 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 wasn't given a fair. Yeah. by the media or the players. A bunch of whiny little players. The quarterback can't stop mm-hmm. yelling. and maybe listen to the plays. Oh, Ever think of that,
2: Mac? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, did they? Is the question. No. Uh, I, 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 you know, I Parker had. Uh, a good three or four game stretch in 2019 you know and since then it's not been good so i i don't really know where this where this comes from uh, but i guess the contract bros are in my mentions saying this means that parker is guaranteed you know 140 150 targets and he's going to be the alpha wide receiver one i mean there's just no way that's going to happen How but It's nice. Look, it's, it's a, that, that's a nice uh, doc, nice doc connecting by the contract uh, contract bro Twitter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Have fun with that.
0: I'll I'll dip my toes in contract bro Twitter real quick. Not that the contract like makes him get a lot of targets, but more so the, the actual like function of the contract one, like I, I have seen some speculation. I think there's maybe some validity to this, that this is actually part of a ploy to sign Deandre Hopkins which uh, is, is definitely possible. Like, you can absolutely have this extension, kick money down the road, add void years to it, etc. Uh, but I wouldn't say that was like the sole purpose of it because they could have cut him at this point with no dead cap charge to them. It would have been like $6 million in savings. If that was really the plan to get DeAndre, that they just absolutely had to have this amount of money, which they aren't strapped for cap space right now as far as you can not be strapped this late into the year. You know, rookies already sign and stuff. I think this is a legitimate extension and it includes 14 million guaranteed, which we, I haven't seen yet whether it's guaranteed at signing or if it's like, you know, rolling guarantees that go forward. But like, this is a bit of a legitimate commitment to Parker. Why is it a legitimate commitment to Parker? I don't really know. He was like solid against man coverage last year. He's 23rd in yards per route run. He was, uh, heavily used deep threat. I don't think he was like, I, I know he wasn't elite at it. He was second in the rate of deep targets he saw. Like there's some like sort of spike week juice to him. And this reaffirms the team's commitment to that. But like, Oh, Mac Jones, deep threat on a balanced, slow offense. Oh, 10, currently and the, par- in the, in the Hopkins threat still looms. I think
2: 10, 10% target share for Devante Parker is, is what we have from last year. That's just awful.
1: Monty Parker currently the wide receiver ninety-six on underdog. And I have wow. ranked ahead of there.
0: I've been taking him because like you can get him and Mac Jones so late. Parker had like a two touchdown game last year, 150 yard game. Like I think the offense should be. I mean, there's no way they're worse than they were last year. I don't know if they're as good as they were two years ago, but maybe somewhere in the middle, and they're not priced like that. But like Dude. That doesn't excuse this contract. This no. is insane.
2: I am very much looking forward to Devontae Parker catching two touchdowns in week one and having people come into my Twitter mentions and say, this is why they gave him $33 million because he scores touchdowns. The guy scored one touchdown last year. I, I just I just want to get out ahead of this in case he has a big week
1: one. Real quick, we are, this is not a comment or question show. We, we have a, a user asking a question. Since it is 4th of July weekend, what are the minimum amount of best ball drafts one should do to prove to prove how American they are uh, this holiday weekend. Yeah, that, and, uh, you
2: know, that's a that's a valid question. Uh, <laughs> I would say if you truly love the country, you will do zero best ball.
1: Oh, come on. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I
2: think it's like buying a wedding ring. It's six months of
0: wages, whatever that is for you. Oh, it's right. six months of <laughs>
1: – Denny's right. If you really, really do love the U.S. of A – you need to be out there just like saluting flags. You, you, yeah. You
2: know what you'll be doing? You'll be doing what the lady in my neighborhood does, which is to put a small American flag in everyone's yard on, on, on the night of July 3rd. And if you, so she's not, she's not uh grinding best ball drafts. I can tell no. you that
1: you need to accidentally be shooting Roman candles at passing by cars. And that's what you do on the 4th of July weekend. You don't okay. do best
2: ball. So to answer that
1: question, uh, I know we had a topic on Izzy Abanikanda. I don't know if this is worth talking about.
2: Well, I'm, I just real quick. Oh, I'll uh, say it. Okay, let me yeah. say it then. Okay. Like,
1: <laughs> the Athletics' Zach Rosenblatt writes, the Jets really do believe in Izzy Abanikanda's ability to contribute right away. Denny, what, if anything, does this mean?
2: I mean, I think that th- this probably foretells that he is going to be the lead back if Brees Hall is out. Now, when I say lead back, it could be just barely the lead back. Okay, it could be the lead back in, in name only, really. But he is an explosive uh, player. Uh, we talked about him before the draft and how his college metrics went. You know, really popped in every way. Uh, our, our our former uh, money counting uh, employee uh, or not employee, colleague Patrick Crane, cutthroat, cutthroat loves old Izzy, and uh, and I. So I'm I from a zero RB standpoint. I saw this report, and I said, noted, noted in the old brain that Izzy could be RB2 if Brees Hall has to sit out for the first, I don't know, week two, three, four, whatever it is.
1: Very interesting. So yeah, we'll see what happens with Izzy camp He has been getting a steady drumbeat of hype, so they do like him. He will be a part of any committee, even if Brees Hall's knee heals up just fine. Uh, we'll be back after this to talk to some players that we're going to need some more information on in training camp, but first... Just a reminder, Sunday mornings mean MLB leadoff on Peacock. You can live stream games all season long. And this week, two of the bigger surprises of the first half of the season square off when the Twins take on the Orioles at Camden Yards, catch the showdown at 1130 a.m. Eastern. Again, that is exclusively on Peacock. Whatever job you
2: need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new f one hundred and fifty. With an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts
0: of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang
1: in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F 150, tough this smart, can only be called F 150. Available
0: starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes!
1: And just to be clear, when it comes to being a big surprise is that the Twins are so bad yet again. And uh, Denny and Kyle wouldn't know about this, but every year the Twins look like they have one of the better 26-man rosters in baseball, and then every year they're in We all know
0: crisis. the size yeah. of a baseball roster. Yeah. You didn't need yeah. to say it. They're, <laughs>
1: they're
0: always Denny, in complete
1: crisis. Play my favorite point.
0: game. Who's your favorite yeah. Twins player? <laughs> oh,
2: on, oh yeah. On, hey, you know who it is, folks? It's, it's Bruxton.
1: Oh, come on, man! Are you serious? Is this a bit? Byron yeah. Buxton. Buxton, is the fellow's name, Byron Buxton. Sorry. Um, do you know any pitchers on the Twins? No, we, God no. Well,
2: have you used any Twins in DFS lately? Uh, no, I only right. I only play the best plays. All right, there you go. The Twins' offense
1: one. is disastrously underperforming, but surprised you haven't used Sonny Gray, maybe Pablo Lopez. Oh, oh, no, I was up. gonna,
0: I was gonna say the wrong name. Is there a John John Gray? pitcher out there
1: there is he's on the texas rangers so oh I i've been
0: thinking of the rangers this whole time literally everything <laughs> you said i was thinking
1: <laughs> of was like, john gray on the texas rangers not the minnesota
2: Twins. Uh, so i stack the reds and orioles for like three straight days and nothing happened why, why i want my money back you, uh, you stacked the royals no 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 the reds and the. oh
1: orioles.
2: oh i was like what i thought uh. that they were too you know, go get them high school. Well, One of those
1: games really popped off. I thought it was like 11 to nine or something. You couldn't make any money out of that. Uh,
2: I'm going to have to look through my, my history. <laughs> bit of an my insult.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, you know, June 29th training camp is a month away. No new data points now for the next month. Cause the players are not practicing. They're not really talking to the media. Things will be kind of static for the first time all off season, but There's some situations, even though now we've got a lot of information on most of these guys, we've got some coach quotes, gotten some practice observations. There's just still a lot of guys where we need more information. The ADP might seem settled, but it becomes clear in training camp they're being used a different way, or the coaches do a 180 with their comments, things could change. I just want to talk about some players we need more information on. And, too, it's frustrating because, like, we want to believe that we've got it all figured out. Like we're smart enough to like discern, but a lot of times there's just situations every year where you are not going to know. I mean, you might not even find out in training camp. You just have to wait until week one, mm-hmm. but where you just you got to wait till training camp until like there's some actual live hitting and practices to figure out what's going to happen. And I don't know who wants to go first, Denny or Kyle? Who's a player that you want to get more information on? We'll go with Kyle. Who's a player you want more information on this summer in training camp?
0: I am really curious to see what the. I'm going to call it for now the non-Kamara split of the Saints' backfield. I I believe Kamara's trial starts on like July 31st. So there's a real chance of suspension. And even if not, frankly, like last year we saw his third down usage drop. We saw career lows in rate uh, of receiving snaps played in the slot, not wide. Like really started getting used like a between the tackles banger as far as Kamara pre last year to last year, he was just a different guy. And then he was less efficient between the tackles. Unsurprisingly, don't, don't use Kamara like this. This isn't that hard, but maybe it's just the sign of him being a player in decline. So suspension is more so what I'm curious for in the split being between Kendra Miller and Kendra Miller and Jamal Williams. But frankly, I think there's just a chance that Kamara is on the down and they do give either one of these backs more work. So I want to know, I this falls in line with what Denny uh, wrote about. I think he published it two weeks ago or a week ago. Yeah, yeah. The Boring Guys. The yeah. Boring Guys. I, as a Zoomer, cannot stand drafting. But Jamal Williams, loved by his teammates in Detroit, actually is a good pass catcher. We didn't see that at all in Detroit, but he was a really good pass catcher in Green Bay. One of PFF's favorite pass blockers as a running back every single year. He could really... Step up for a lot of work in the absence of Kamara. On the other hand, Kendry Miller, they spend a lot of draft cap on him. I thought he was a solid running back, prospect. So if we get any sort of intel on this as training camp moves on, like I'd be able to really go all in and like start taking whoever the supposed winner is well above ADP.
2: Yeah, I mean, I it, my piece is called Why I'm Taking Why I'm Drafting Boring Running Backs this year. And uh yeah, Jamal Williams strikes me as uh not not a boring guy at all. Like very interesting. No, very quite the opposite, know, actually. Yeah, he's the probably the most interesting player in the NFL, but uh but as far as production goes, the way he, he earns his fantasy points, and whatnot, you know, not not all that exciting. Uh Kendrick Miller is is uh he's fancy. Okay, very fancy. Uh has has all the metrics going for him. It's it's cool. Uh I I tend to I'm trying, I'm trying to lean toward the boring this this offseason. And in doing so, I think that I will, unless, you know, unless circumstances change, unless we start getting reports uh uh, that uh, Miller is is uh you know just blowing people away in training camp then I I, I'm probably gonna lean toward the veteran here in in Williams.
1: I think you have to lean towards Williams where Kendra Miller, I mean as you guys alluded to third round is like real draft capital for running back. I mean, they guaranteed Jamal Williams money for next season too. It's just hard. Just, it seems like a in terms of running backs, that's just like a very real commitment. Like yeah. you, you're pretty lucky to be a 28 year old running back and you get guaranteed money for beyond one season, unless you're like one of the top eight or nine backs in the league, which Jamal Williams is not. And to, I, I think both will be used. So I do think this is a reaction, not to just Alvin Kamara probably getting suspended, but it's, they got caught so short in the backfield last year. They had no depth whatsoever behind, behind Alvin Kamara. They don't want that to happen again. They don't want Alvin Kamara to take all this grinding between the tackles carries when he's not suspended because, as we saw, it's just, that's not a recipe for success for Alvin Kamara or the Saints offense. That's never how he's had success. So Kendra Miller will probably get on the field, but it's really hard to see it, when it comes to like the early down touches, I bet it's like probably 80-20 in Jamal Williams' favor, which that could be enough to hurt Jamal Williams, but it's not enough to, keep, to prop up Kendra Miller. But I agree. Kendra, need, Kendra was see how also
0: dealing, he was also dealing with a knee issue. I, I think it's something lingering from uh, college, dealing with a knee issue, and I, I think he just completely sat out, like o, OTA's mini-camp. They say he's going to be fine for training camp, but like even if he's just missing a little bit of time at the start of it, like that could be like the opening for Jamal Williams, just completely shut him out. Right.
1: Danny, who's someone you want more information on in training camp?
2: Yeah, I want uh I want some info, some Intel. Uh, if you, if you uh, call it that on JK Dobbins, I need, I need to know more about JK Dobbins in this new look, Baltimore offense, uh, you know, you know, some recent headlines, JK Dobbins missed, mandatory mini camp, uh, with, you know, contract related issue. He, he wants, he wants more money as, do, as do a lot of running backs and I really really hard to, to see them, uh, capitulating and, and giving him more money, honestly, especially after the, the major uh, knee injury in 2021. Um, yeah, I, I wrote earlier this season in a, uh, in a piece about, you know, running backs who excelled in the, in the last half of the year, I mean, JK Dobbins, I'm not gonna bore you guys with the numbers. I I was I was going to, and then I decided not to. So you're welcome. Uh he blew it out of the water as both a pass catcher and a rusher in the season's final five weeks. Like he was like elite by every measurement uh during those five weeks. And so if he can carry that over into an offense that is supposed to be, according to Todd Monken, the, the new OC in, in Baltimore, supposed to be quicker and is supposed to now this is a big supposed to but uh, uh target running backs more i don't know if that's really in the mar jackson's bag of tricks but uh yeah so i i'm very interested especially the way I'm, I'm drafting my teams taking a lot of wide receivers and tight ends early if i can if i can get like a jk dobbins in like the fourth round is he going is what is going in the third fourth right now um I I I'd be all about it. And I know that's the dead zone, but uh, I'm also trying to convince myself that sometimes it's okay to go in on the dead zone.
1: He's going more like the fifth round. Apparently he um, appears to be the 57th overall player on underdog, which is interesting. He does seem like someone who can get a lot more expensive once the, the, the camp reports begin flowing for sure. Yeah. Cause I mean, is Justice Hill really going to be like the pass catching back? I mean, I don't think that's like a thing that's going to happen. It's not going to be Gus Edwards. I don't think it's going to be this time it counts for Justice Hill. And then he said he was basically a rolling ball of butcher knives as a runner, and he still makes the most sense as the back to catch passes. So J.K. Dobbins, the guy we already like, will be very, very – we took him uh, – he's crane approved, by the way. Yeah. Uh, we took him, we took him right. last night in our ship chasing draft. I couldn't believe – Pete and Crane approved of the pick. I thought I was. I thought it'd be one of the first ones where, like, they brought out like the laugh track. Basically, he was getting <laughs> jeered and hissed by the ship ship chasing commenters. But apparently, it was a very kosher pick. And, and also, Verified just like every pick you make.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was. Yeah, the narrative part here is that J. K. Dobbins wants the damn ball. Like he is. <laughs> he has been explicit about like I want to be the guy. I want to be the primary lead back. And I, you know, uh, hopefully Todd Munkin is a guy who listens. Hopefully uh, John Harbaugh is a guy who listens to stuff like bluster like that. And we get Dobbins with a bigger workload.
1: Something I want to see, something we talked about on the show on Monday, Denny, with the Indianapolis Stars, Nate Atkins, just how the Colts are actually going to deploy Anthony Richardson. And maybe this actually isn't that burning of a question because we know he will be allowed to run. Nate basically said, you know, they don't want him to get hurt because then they don't want to lose that evaluation time, but that they understand that they can't, like, really rein him in as a runner. That's going to be a big part of his rookie year value. But he also said they basically spent the offseason practices, like, throwing the kitchen sink in Anthony Richardson. And, yeah, you know, the whole narrative, of course, is that he's nowhere close to being ready to an NFL passer. And to say, though, an NFL coaching staff has him looking a lot more ready than people were expecting, and maybe, like, a situation where he's allowed to throw a lot more then the offseason expectation was just, that could like fry a bunch of ADPs and make the Colts like a really, really fascinating summer situation. And I just really want to see – I mean, hopefully we get to see him play in the preseason. I'm assuming we'll get to see Anthony Richardson play in the preseason because I just want to see what in the world they've got planned for this guy because it's one of the more fascinating rookie quarterback situations in recent memory.
2: Yeah, I, I loved what Nate uh, Atkins had to say the other day on our show. Uh, you know, he said, "Like I don't think I'm. I think this is a direct quote. He said the Colts could lead the league in rushing attempts this year, and uh, I honestly wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. And I'm I'm drafting uh, Colts as if that's going to be the case. Like, you know, I'm completely out on Pittman. I'm, com- I'm completely out on all, all the pass catchers. I I kind of like Taylor. I like Richardson a lot. So, uh, you know, I, I I am I'm intrigued." By him, and, and the fact that Shane Steichen is his quarterback as his coach, I'm sorry, is uh, I think is is fantastic. It's, it's really, it should be really good for Richardson. He doesn't come into a situation where he has a coach who has no idea what to do with him. And and I, so thank, thank goodness for that.
1: Yeah, Steichen, who has experience with dual threat quarterbacks, experience of the run heavy offense, and experience with the more pass heavy offense, I do think is just the perfect man for this job.
2: Yeah, Denny. Who is yeah. the
1: second player you yeah. want more information on this summer?
2: So, you know, we have all sorts of uh, reports, some some more solid than others, that Nick Chubb is going to be more involved in the Cleveland passing attack. Uh, and that, honestly, changes everything, uh, I think, in the running back landscape. Because if we can get Nick Chubb in a pretty consistent you know, not, a, not a Christian McCaffrey or Eckler type role, but in a, in a consistent pass catching role where he's running a good amount of routes, uh, where he's seeing, uh, some, some targets, maybe even some design targets uh, to get him in into space. Then man, I mean, he becomes really, really fascinating as a guy who's, who's going to go after the, you know, the elites in the game. I don't know how far after, like as soon as, if we get this information in training camp that, Hey, Nick Chubb is catching passes, he is going to catch passes. He is going to be pass catcher in this offense. Then we all have that information. So really the best bet you can make is now is right now to, to, to use that information to get something of an ADP break on him. Because as soon as that hits the mainstream, the, the, the lifeblood of fantasy ADP, he he's going to, he's going to shoot up. He's going to shoot up into, I don't, you know, I don't even know until the mid first round. Um, And by the way, I, I do have one stat I'd like to share with you guys. Uh, you know, he's pretty good as a pass catcher. Last year, only Travis Etienne and Derrick Henry had more yards after the catch uh, per reception than Chubb among running backs. I know that's a, that was a mouthful. I, I, a I, was,
1: I was having a lot of trouble following. That. You know,
2: he he was good after he caught the ball, which you've said, Pat. You said, why not just get it to him two, three times a game and let him run, you know, let him, let him get downhill. And, you know, if the Browns are ready and willing to do that, and it really, really changes his fantasy outlook.
1: Because I'm sure we would know by now if Nick Chubb like were like an elite pass catcher. Like we know that he's not like that he would have proven that by now, but he's also has never looked like a hands-of-stone guy. No. And it just makes no sense with everything you laid out to not get him more involved as I mean, do we really think they're gonna be forcing Jerome Ford onto the field? I mean, <laughs> I guess maybe they will, mm-hmm. but it does It just seems like one of those narratives that has been trying to like coalesce, like congeal this off season. And like you said, it still hasn't. So the discount could still be there. And like you said, if word gets out early in training camp, then like all hell will be breaking loose, basically ADP. And that now is the time to get the potential Nick Chubb discount. Kyle, what are your thoughts on the Chubb situation?
0: Yeah. I'm not sure. We'll see much more of the pass catching. So the way, like I, I see uh, the, the data about Travis, Etienne and Derek Henry. And I'm like, yeah, And there's probably reasons those guys aren't heavily used as pass catchers because, like we've said since the day we saw Derrick Henry step on a field, any pass you throw to a running back, why wouldn't you throw it to him? He's he's so large, as one would say, Mm -hmm. and he is like efficient after he catches it. But so much goes into what happens before that that even if he's the most efficient running back after the catch, he still almost year in year out grades pretty poorly in yards per route run. So I'm skeptical that if Chubb is – that Chubb will get a ton more pass-catching work. I think it could be – I think it will be a small boost, but maybe that's just part of sort of the conceit of this moment of the show is if they really do come out and be like, no, we're making a commitment to this, like maybe I will change my priors on that. But that's something we need to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, the main reason I'm skeptical is this NFL coaching staffs never changed their priors, and multiple staffs yeah. have decided that Nick Chubb is not a pass-catching running back and that even if they, like, they were forced to use him that way, it does seem like they would – just rather use Jerome Ford, but there is enough noise here where I think it could happen. And we're, at the very least, he's going to catch. He's going to catch more if he stays healthy. Pretty much no way he won't post a career high in receptions yeah. per game. Now maybe that will be two point one receptions per game or something. But it's just a matter of how big that boost is going to be. And if a matter if we get like some clues in training camp that's actually going to happen. It is a very fascinating situation, Kyle. As we hope your internet keeps it together. Who is the second player you need more information on in training camp? Yeah, well, as I attempt not to get canceled, can we see
0: Javante healthy? Maybe even, like, don't put him on the pup list. Like, I, he doesn't have to be ready for week one. I'm not sure he will be. But if there's, like, any inkling that he's sort of closing the gap in our extremely cautious approach as as just drafting as a whole, as ADP would reflect, if there's any inkling that he is ahead of that sort of, uh, that very cautious approach we're taking— He's a guy I really want to be in on. He was an elite runner when we saw, mostly when we saw more of him in 2021. He was ninth in yards after contact per attempt. He forced the second most missed tackles on the 18th most carries among all running backs. He was 12th in rush yards over expected. And the very brief amount we saw him last year, it looked like he was on pace to be exactly that guy again, unable to be tackled at any point in college, breaking PFS tackle breaking metrics. So I, I want to. <laughs> D- give me some hope. I'm not saying I think we'll get hope, but I think there's wiggle room here in that uh, the early sort of off-season reports were really damning. I wasn't sure what we'd see of him,
1: but we've gotten some more maybe mixed reports since then, I'll say. I think he will be one of the hardest players to get more information on in training camp. Or I totally agree. The Broncos just in general are where the team we need to observe camp with the most because I feel like we just don't really know how that receiver core is going to shake out. Like we highlighted – earlier in the show and Javante Williams' health is maybe the biggest injury question mark in all of fantasy football. And this thing is, I just don't think we're going to get the information. I'm sure he will begin camp on the pup list. I'm sure Sean Payton will sound pessimistic one day, optimistic the next. Yeah. He won't play in the preseason. Payton will just be playing mind games with everyone, maybe even including himself. And he what he <laughs> loves to do as a head coach. And I totally agree that Javante is an area – where we need he is maybe the key guy we need more information on. I just do think I think Javante is like, we're waiting until week one to find out what's really happening with this guy. And oh, and one other
0: happen- one other thing, one other thing is are like is the plan assuming like I think it's pretty fair to assume at this point Javante's not playing week one. It's if he's maybe playing some snaps in week two, or if he's going on the pup list to start the year and then not even coming back after. Is it now four-game four minimum? It's only four games. Like, That's why I think that, that he
1: avoids – I think he only avoids the Pup List if he's playing week one, to be honest. I think it might be an okay. either-or. Interesting, yeah, yeah. Now the Pup List has been reduced from six to four, I think it might be an either-or with him. Where If he avoids the Pup List, it might mean he's ready for week one. But it's going to be a while. We're not going to find out until final cuts with him because I think they might keep him yeah. on Pup List up until the final cuts where they have to finally make a decision.
0: And that might yeah, be so our first – Yeah, let's say he doesn't play – Yeah, let's say he play – week one, like it is just Samaj P Ryan on this roster. Like, I mean, after that, wow. it's Tyler Batty, who was with the Beatty, who was with the Ravens Beatty. last year. And then Tony Beatty. Yo, yeah, of course, you know, he's from yeah. Uh You know, after that, it's Tony Jones, a former uh, Sean Payton alum, if you want to call it that. But like, these are like practice squad players. And then Samaj P Ryan, who's a legitimate, like strong backup. I think he, there's a pretty big gap between him and anyone else in this roster. He's going to have somewhere between maybe I'd say probably one, but five, six, possibly even more really high usage games. If Javante isn't healthy, unless they make some change or we get the Sean Payton, like Tony Jones just really knows the system. Well, we're loving how well he knows the system. And this is probably something preseason can help us figure out too. Not just training camp. I would not be surprised. I'd be surprised if Samaj P. Ryan plays more than like two drives during the preseason, but maybe they give that treatment as well to Tony Jones. And then it becomes a little more ambiguous. So
2: I'm not, I mean, I mean you guys know Tony Jones is not, not good uh, <laughs> on, on many, many <laughs> levels. So I, I, my, my precious, my precious Samaj P. Ryan, I think is going to be okay uh in his battle with Tony Jones. I'm, I'm completely out on Javante Williams. I mean, like I'm, I just, I don't, I'm not getting burned. I'm not doing this. I'm not, Playing this game where uh, like I'm gonna listen to the doctors and what they say about it. The- no, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, not falling. I'm not. I'm not falling for it. You know, say okay if Williams drops three or five rounds below his ADP. Okay, maybe then, but but only maybe, and definitely not where he's going. No, no, no. I am not. i've been fooled i've been fooled by this stuff before and first of all javante williams is a fancy running back i'm not into fancy running backs anymore samaj p ryan is a boring running back give me the boring guy here
1: yeah so denny won't get fooled again is what you're saying he won't listen to the (laughs)
2: doctors he won't get fooled
0: again he's you know he's not believing all these lies i I really thought that was a a cutting clip from the joe rogan experience that producer adam
1: it was Denny, of course, listening to Who's Next before the show. I wonder how many of our audience still knows what Who's Next is. Denny, you know what Who's Next is, hopefully, right? Well, the uh, album? Yeah, the, Who, the Who's yeah. 1971 Seminole masterwork. Amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, Kyle, you should look it up. Um, <clears throat> the last, The last one we'll get to is just I want to see how the Eagles deploy their running backs, which – basically is a way of saying I want to see how big Kenneth Gainwell's role is Mm because we know in theory Rashad Penny will handle the early downs and Deontay Swift will be the change of pace back but we also know those are two very disappointing players year in and year out both to fantasy managers and to coaching staffs and we know how much the Eagles love Kenneth Gainwell and how he kept seizing important snaps away from Miles Sanders this year and I just would not be surprised to see Kenneth Gainwell throw a massive wrench into this and who knows how many clues we'll really get in training camp? That is one thing I'm so fascinated to see how things really shake out with these Eagles running backs.
2: Yeah, I I hope it is Gainwell. I hope Gainwell does emerge as uh, maybe not the guy, but the main guy, uh, because I I have a lot of Gainwell in best ball. So uh, you know, from your lips to God's ears, or however that <laughs> saying goes, and uh sorry to get religious. But uh, you know, look uh, Gainwell game it was used uh in his first two seasons was used in in spurts in, in inside the 10 yard line you know like a, in in a very uh you know high leverage situation so i i do i do think that the team sees him as a guy who who is not just going to like run the, you know get the ball between the 20s but gets it in that really high value zone which is which is what we want as fantasy managers it's
1: what we want and i guess what we need is to end this show so you don't always get what you want. And uh, we, love, yeah, we, we need, love our oldies. We do. We need the show to end, especially because Kyle's internet. There's a lot of smoke coming off your radiator. <laughs> Zoomers don't know what a radiator is, but um, Kyle's radiator is smoking. That's, and that's um, you didn't close enough tabs, Kyle. You left 69 of them open still. No, and, disgusting. Um, come on. Yeah. Not to get political, but um, <laughs> all right. We hope you enjoy your 4th of July weekend for Denny Carter. For Kyle Dvorczyk, I'm Patrick Darty. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week.
0: The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes.
2: Hey, it's me, your barista. You know how you come in almost every day for our cold foam coffee? Well, now there's an easy way to foam at home with new International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. And it's foaming delicious. New International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. Now in stores. It's foaming delicious.